Coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, by way of Stone Mountain, Georgia, birthed by the great state of South Carolina, is the Bryant Land Country Podcast, your place for any and everything in hunting, fishing, sports, and outdoor related, with heavy doses of randomness, guests, and an all-around good time. Here's your host, proud Gamecock, South Carolina forever, AB3. All right, everybody, welcome to the Bryant Land Country Podcast. I am sitting here in Orlando, Florida at the Podcast Movement Convention as I'm recording the intro to this podcast. The uh, Podcast Movement Convention is something that I was uh, looking at coming to uh, for a few months now, or looking forward to coming to for a few months now. Uh, it's a great networking event. It's an event where you meet like a lot of people to learn how to grow your podcast and different tricks of the trade, how to make your podcast better, and just networking, talking to people. And so far, as of this recording, it's the end of day one, and there's really not a lot of hunting, fishing uh, podcasters down here. Um, as of right now, I am the only one. I haven't met anybody else who is doing a hunting, fishing podcast down here at the podcast movement. But what I have met uh, is a few people that like to get out and fish, um, a couple that do a little bit of hunting. Um, and I'm actually working on getting two guests before I leave the convention. Convention wraps up on Friday. I am working on getting two guests to come on the show uh, and record a podcast with me. I bring my podcast equipment with me everywhere I go, my little travel uh, audio kit. So I have it. That's how I'm always able to record, you know, openings and interviews and stuff when I travel and when I'm on the road. No different coming to this convention. I mean, it would be quite foolish to come to a convention of podcasters and not have equipment to record a podcast. So hopefully before I leave from down here on Friday, I'll be able to record a couple of podcasts, a couple of guests uh, for you guys down the road. Uh, like I said, the people that I've met so far have just been amazing, and I'm looking forward to grabbing more knowledge, grabbing more 411 and info so I can turn out better podcasts for you guys. Moving on. To the guest this week, I'm bringing back an oldie but a goodie, Antonio Marsh. Hunting with the Marshes, if you remember, was one of the episodes that I put out early on. We had a great time. We had Antonio on. We had his wife on. Uh, they were just talking about, you know, getting started hunting and the success that they had. Well, me and Antonio went on a hog hunt uh, about a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago now by the time this podcast drops. Um, so we talk a little bit about that. I talk about his preparation for deer season in South Carolina. By the time this drops, deer season in South Carolina, at least the bow part of it, will be uh, kicked off. So and the, one of the good things that I've enjoyed about doing this podcast and has allowed me to meet and interact with different people. And, um, you know, Antonio's a good guy. He's a good dude. And so that's why we kind of just jailed. Um, like I said, we talk a lot, just a lot about hunting and stuff like that and have several conversations where we just get on the phone and just be shooting the breeze. So we decided to do that on a podcast. I asked him very last minute. It's like, hey, man, can you save my ass? I need a podcast. He said, sure, no problem. So that is the genesis of this conversation. Uh, like I said, with Antonio Marsh. So as per usual, you guys know how this goes. I'm going to fall back. You guys kick back and listen to my conversation with Antonio Marsh on the Bryant Land Country Podcast. Antonio, thank you for saving my ass, basically. Um, I needed to get a podcast recorded for a couple weeks coming up down the road, trying to get ahead of things. And this was the only day this week that I could actually sit down and have a conversation and make a record. So I really appreciate you uh, coming through and uh, saving my behind. Hey, no problem, man. Adam Bryant III. I feel like I went royalty. <laughs> man, oh, whatever, man. So, 
let, let's smarten the people up a little bit. So, you know, I'm, because I go through Columbia going home. So, and then obviously, you know, over time we found out we got some mutual friends. So we we hung out a little bit going to Columbia and then we were supposed to get together for a hog hunt. I had a family emergency, so I couldn't do it. And then, so we were hanging out a little bit um, last week and you got some really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, finicky. Um, hogs down there in uh in that swamp because we had them net well I shouldn't say we you had them nailed down patterned they come in every day except for the damn day we were out there what, what what's up with that have you figured out what what did we do wrong <laughs> man the Miller swamp hogs are high maintenance man let me tell you <laughs> it was like you know they come in your fear and it's it's not apple corn. Then they go to some Estita. Oh, he's got the good stuff over here. But that that hunt, man, I'm telling you, that hunt really confused me. And one thing I'll tell you when that hunt, the hunt brought me back to reality because, like you said, we had these bad boys patterned down every day to within a 15-minute period. You know, just the confidence. I mean, I was so confident. You know, I called the processor and said, hey, what time do you open <laughs> see, you know. see, yeah, and see that that could be probably where where we went wrong at because you most processes they gonna be there regardless, but you done called and done had the order put in and had everything divvied up and stuff, man. You that's probably what it was. Yeah, consistently, and you know, and after we got done, I thought about it. I said, what did we do wrong? Did we get winded? control, she wouldn't have a lot of thermocells. But I said, you know what? We're not doing anything different than I've done on any other hunt out there. So it, it bothered for a couple of days. I said, well, maybe we just, we didn't follow our hunting protocol process, whatever. But then I started watching. They didn't show up that next day. But no, I'm sorry. Yeah, they, they did. did show up that next yeah, they day. did. They showed up the next morning around the time that we thought they was going to show up the other morning. I said, you kidding me? So I said, okay, it must have been something we did. So this past week, uh, Tuesday, I was going to go out and hunt. And I said, you know what? Because I was so frustrated, I said, I'm popping one of these hogs off that plot. Just for making us get up so early. It's still not there for nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> I got home. I waited on my key guy to come. He had to work on the lock for me. So we went outside. We were waiting. I told him, I said, hey, man, I said, I'm about to go out here. I'm going to get one of these hogs. But the longer I stood in that driveway, and the hotter it got, I said, you must be crazy. I am not going out there and sweat my behind off in this stand trying to get this hog. <laughs> what about about what time was that? Did you you made the decision not to? Uh, this was about 4.30. Oh, in the afternoon? <laughs> okay. So the sun was good enough. Yeah. So, so I said, I said, you know what? I said, That's, it's insanity, man. Don't go sit out there. I said, you're going to burn up. So I, I watched my camera at work that night, and I got no images, nothing. So I said, well, maybe something was in the car for me not to go. Right. So it dawned on me, I said, now, if you would have went, the hogs wouldn't have shown up. Now you'd have been guessing yourself again, what did I do wrong? So this, you know, just it's so being, I didn't go, the hogs didn't show up. So I was my thought about it. I said, you know what, there is nothing that... Me and Adam did wrong that day. It just let me understand that hunting is not guaranteed. You it, know, it's not. It's it's, it's not. not. I mean, there 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 are, now there are places you can go um, where it's guaranteed, and and I don't frown upon anyone that's done that. I mean, hell, I've done it um, a couple of times when I first started. You know, build your confidence up, just kind of make sure you know you know what you're doing. But yeah, once you take the training wheels off, there are no guarantees at all whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at look at the information we had. It was like it was telling us it's in the cards. It's going to happen, right? And we go out there and nothing. So that brought me back to reality, saying, you know what? It's like you've been so successful these last two years that you went out saying, okay, hogs coming this day, this day, this day. All right, let's take this day. We'll get it, and that's what was happening. And then this time, it didn't happen. Right. So now it kind of humbled me back down a little bit to say, okay. Just remember, this is hunting, man. 
ain't going out here a hog a field full of hogs. Okay, let me get that one. Right, you're not pulling them. You're not pulling them. Uh, fattening them up and pulling them out of a pen. And right, no. no, not at all. And I don't know. And this is a theory of mine, and I don't know how true it is or you know because everybody has different you know theories and everybody has different you know luck or whatever but i also feel like anytime you go on a hunt especially like bow hunting like hogs um turkeys you know deer or whatever maybe i mean it might even go across the board but definitely with those i feel like if you don't commit at least uh two sets like or two sits rather um, yeah. you know, like either back to back mornings or morning in a day or back to back days, whatever it is, or even, you know, like during deer season, you know, sometimes, uh, all day sits. Um, I feel like if you don't put more than two together, sometimes it, it just don't work out. Cause I, I've, I've been where it's like, you know, you go the first day, nothing happens. The second day, usually something pops off. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Like I said, it, it just could be me, but I just feel like, you know, like if we would have been able to schedule would have been allowed, you know, to commit, you know, to another morning, then maybe, you know, our chances would have went up. But you never know. You it, Like I said, it's just a it's just a theory. No, and I agree with that because the hogs we had gotten, uh, well, we did not get one on the first day. There was almost a 99.9% chance we would get one on the second day. And when we've gone on a second hit, uh, second sit, we have always pulled a hog out of there. We hunted two days consecutively. Yeah. So I agree. I agree with you, man. Yeah, because it was even like that with my deer last year down in Georgia. Like you know, I I had been you know messing around, and I'd go you know for like a day, or I'll go like for a morning sit, or go like for afternoon sit. But when I finally strung together you know, consecutive days, like after the first day, you know, you're just kind of out there, whatever, nothing happens. But the second day and that second morning, you know, I bumped some coming in and I was like, all right, well, I've pretty much blown this. And I bumped them going in at like 530 in the morning. By nine o'clock, they circle back around and they come and then, you know, boom, you lay the smack down on them. So, yeah, like I said, I, I think you if you can't string together, you know, a couple of days, um, it definitely adds to your success so and i and like i also told you i'm also a firm believer that um if you look up murphy's law in the book uh if anything can go wrong it will or if anything uh is going to happen or if anything can happen it will happen especially negatively i feel like if you look up murphy's law in the book my face is right beside it because it's i mean it, it's banana but you know yeah, and my face is probably right next to yours. <laughs> but you know what? Another thing to add on that, I don't, I, I firmly believe, I don't think it was sit control because when I was sitting there and I was looking down that plot and I just saw this big brown spot sitting in the middle, I was like, what is that? So, of course, I got that chairman you gave me, the one that you just threw to me and said, hey, I need you to record, turn this on. Flip that switch. Hey man, hey man, you in the <laughs> army? You you an army dude? Y'all y'all know how to adapt? I was like, okay. I said he could have gave me a class or something on his camera. Nah, you need no class. Nah, you you in the army? I am I am confident in your ability to use technical equipment. So after I finally got it, Jimmy rig thirty minutes in there to get it. To, to hang up on the strap I had, I turned it on. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked down that plot through your camera, and I said, that's a big doe sitting right here in the middle of the plot. I said, so it ain't our sink control, because if that's the case, that doe would not be sitting in here right now. Yeah, and then also, too, I remember you were saying, like, the blind, because of where we were at, you know, you had kind of was limited on where you could place the blind. And I remember you saying mm-hmm. that it was near a travel corridor. So, yeah. like, there were a couple of times I'm sitting there, and I am almost 200% positive there was a deer that bumped into the blind while they were crossing or coming some uh, coming behind me or whatever the case was. And then... That's could be could have been part of the problem too because they out there and you know five thirty six o'clock in the morning blowing and snorting, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that could have, I don't know, that could have been a giveaway as well. But, yeah, I'm with you. Like, scent-wise, I think we did everything right. Um, I, don't, I definitely don't think they spotted us because hogs are blind as hell. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I I don't know. When those, like I said, I had a couple of does that were behind me, and they start snorting and blowing. I mean, they're going to, especially, you know, a nice size doe, they're pretty much going to alert everything in the woods. That's why it was it was a bit, a video that I saw, and I meant to send it to you. I thought I sent it to you already, but I I, I know I didn't, um, okay. of a guy that was, had a video, and he was just like, anytime that he's out, you know, deer hunting, and a doe comes along, and she starts snorting and, uh, and whatnot, and uh, snorting and blowing, He's like, you know, he almost feels like he needs to take her out on principle because she's messing it up for everything else because now she's putting everybody on alert. It's just like, move along. There's nothing to see here. Otherwise, yeah. you could take this broadhead <laughs> through the law. So <laughs> I, I might start employing uh, that logic uh, coming up this fall. Okay. So. Well, I can tell you this. The hogs been back the last two mornings, so they're back in the area. And I, I tell you what, if they mess around here and Saturday, and I make out there, one is going to have a bad morning. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Are you going to take the rifle or are you going to sit uh, in the boat setup? I'm, I'm thinking about the rifle because I don't feel like, like I said, that brush out there, I just do not feel like crawling through that stuff, man. If I can get a good shot, I don't have to worry about that. But my thing is, I'm taking a rifle, get him down, get to the processor so I can get these snack sticks made, man. <laughs> I was just, I was just talking. <laughs> I was just talking about the um, the jalapeno cheddar snack sticks because I had never heard of snacks uh, pork snack sticks. Like I've always got them done from deer. Um, and they were good. I enjoyed them. I think I got too many made at one point. Um, but I enjoyed them. But yeah, the 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 pork snack stick that you turned me on to, I was just like, hmm, all right, this this ain't too shabby. So that might be another option. You know, when we when we finally get uh successful. The thing about snack sticks, though, and I said this on another podcast, and I'm curious. Um to see like if I get any pushback from it because I thought it was funny. You know, you go into any grocery store or any, you know, gas station and you get beef jerky or whatever. And I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, let's be real. You don't know how long that beef jerky has been there, but it's because it's processed, you know, it's processed to last. Man, you take out a pack of uh, snack sticks um, out of the freezer and you leave those things out and you don't tend to them within a few days or a week or so. Uh, yeah. your snack sticks aren't going to be any good. No. And I had to tell a lady that. I gave her some, uh, I think about four or five, man. And about a week later, I went by, I asked her, I said, hey, did you try the snack sticks? She was like, no, they're still sitting on the counter. I said, you <laughs> <laughs> piece of advice. This ain't the regular stuff you're buying out of the store with all those preservatives and additives in there. You eat those snack sticks. You're going to the hospital. I'm just letting you know right now. Guaranteed. And they probably had stuff growing on them. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I said, that's five snack sticks. I said, that is a waste. I was so upset. I said, you don't waste good snack sticks like that. <laughs> so, do you, do you dip them in anything or you just have them at your desk and just, you know, just munching on them or whatever? Like, you, do you Man, have like a little I refrigerator did. in your office? Like, what, what's your what's your setup with your snack sticks? Man, look, I get one out of the freezer. I put them in the lunch bag, uh, 9 o'clock break, maybe lunch. I just, I mow that thing down. Maybe get me a cheese stick with it. Man, it's like snack stick heaven in here. Those things are delicious, man. That, I mean, they, they are they, they are good. They are good. Like I said, I, I had some uh, jerky made um, from a deer that I shot. And um, I had some snack sticks made, and they are they they are delicious. You just gotta. Um, I ended up giving a lot of it away because, like I said, I had no idea. You know, you rent when you fill out your order form. I mean, unless you just like a pro and you've been doing it for a while, or if you, you know, one of those hardcore folks that do everything themselves. You know, you really don't know. Like when you fill out your order form, you got an idea what's gonna come back, 
But then it's like, you know, the first time I did it, and then all the stuff came back, I was just like, holy shit. Like, this is a lot of me. A lot of me. Because that one I did, I think I got 26 or 27 packs back. That haul was like maybe 100 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I also think too. It also depends on your processor. You get a good butcher, good processor that can uh, you know kind of kind of finagle some stuff for you in their packing and um, and how they cutting it up. You know, they, they make more um, out of it than some people. I think it's just like anything else. You know, some people are better at it than others or whatever. Yeah, and that's, that's something I want to be one day. You know, I want to be able to process my own meat. But I just don't have the capabilities in the area to do it, you know. Plus, I don't I don't have the time and really the patience right now. Right, and that so. that that's what it comes down to. It, it like you said, to to have a place where you can do it right, number one, um, and to have like the equipment and stuff, you know, to to do it right, and then number two, just to be able to take the time. Like I I'll, I'll do my ducks and uh, and my geese. Like I've done them. Um, Right in the god dang it! Like every time I do one of these on the phone, um, I think I turn on the sound and stuff off, and then I'll have sure enough have somebody call in, so it'll be all over the pod the uh, podcast. So I uh, apologize for that. I know some people they don't like their listening experience on the podcast interrupted by uh, background noises, but I mean, hey, this is real life. I don't know what to tell you, but anyway, yeah. uh. <laughs> What I was saying. Oh, so yeah, being able to, you know, have the time to process that stuff and having the right tools to be able to do it um, is, you know, that plays a big part of it. Like I said, I'll do my, I'll do my ducks and I'll do my geese a lot of times, especially if I'm at home, I'll just do it right there on the back of my truck. Um, You know, up in uh, Milwaukee, I would do it. Excuse me, if I didn't do it, you know, right there where I was hunting at. Then I'd do it, you know, lay out a bunch of newspaper and stuff and just do it right there in the kitchen, cut them up, and um, and then go from there. The only thing about that is I have to be careful because I have feathers all over the damn place. But, you know, birds right. birds are pretty easy to do. Um, but when you start talking about whole deer and hogs and stuff, you need the space and the proper equipment. But, I mean, the other good thing about that, too, it gives us something to look forward to, something else to add on to. Okay. You know, it'll give you something else, you know, to learn how to do. And and I'm pretty sure there, there'll be great joy. In it. And I, I am actually looking forward to uh, being able to possibly skin a deer in my front yard, like in my garage or whatever. But by the time I'm finished, it'll be so far back in the woods that <laughs> nobody <laughs> you I personally would love to come and see you skin a deer in your garage uh in the suburbia that you are in <laughs> yeah I tell you that for one Mrs. Marsh probably not gonna she's not gonna go with that <laughs> <laughs> you gotta put your it foot goes. down man put your foot down yeah <laughs> now remember this is the same woman when I got that first deer uh-huh. And I bought that deer from the processor, and when I bought it home, you know, you don't realize how much meat you're going to get off of some of these animals. Right. So we're in here trying to rearrange the chest, you know, trying to move, you know, lean cuisine meals around, <laughs> move ice cream, and trying to get, you know, venison ground and cube steak in there, and we packed it in. So we were standing there, and she was just looking at me. She said, you got another deer in the processor, right? I said, yes. It'll probably be here in a couple of days, right? I said, yes. She said, you need to have another freezer in this house before that deer gets here. That's all I'm telling you. <laughs> so I ran around, Home Depot, Lowe's, everywhere. Fortunately, I got that freezer like maybe two days before they called and said, hey, your deer is ready. And I said, if well, you come pick it up by like Monday or Tuesday, we give you another 10% off. I was like, sweet. You can't beat that. Right. So I go get this deer. I come back home. We load that up right up. I was like, woo. I said, man, that's a good idea. We got this freezer. And she just looked at me like, man, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> See, <laughs> that's what I went to. I went to Walmart. It was a deep freezer in Walmart. It was like 97 bucks, and it's been running strong for the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, and, and I don't know about you. Like I, like you were saying, you know the the 
lean slow the lean souffle meals or you know whatever those like the meals and the ice cream i mm-hmm. hate opening my deep freezer and my kids have you know pizza and french fries and other shit in my deep freezer this is for my game meat this is the only thing <laughs> supposed to be in here are deer hog ducks and turkeys like i and not damn you know briar's ice cream and all this other yeah. stuff that they have put that crap in the freezer above the refrigerator leave my deep freezer alone man let you know that i need i need that space yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah, I got the lean cuisine meal, and then I got ground venison sitting right next to it. Man, throw the, the lean, lean look cool, man. Throw, throw the lean cuisine meal. You don't need the lean cuisine meal no more. You got the lean meat right there. <laughs> you got all the lean meat that you need right there. <laughs> I tell you what, though. I tell you, what was kind of another thing I think about that hunt, man. When I was, I was checking out my plot and how my uh, my seed and everything was growing. I was like, man, my seed. I said, this is impressive. It's coming up good. You know, I was just all excited about it. And then yesterday, you know, I went in and uh, that's what yesterday. I looked at the picture. I said, okay, calls are back. Plots are looking good. I got another image the next morning, and I'm looking like, where is my plot at? <laughs> so where my camera is on the theater, the deer have come in and they have mowed that thing down man and i mean not even like just like nipped it like i mean it is gone like it is literally a picture of here today gone tomorrow like i don't know what happened because at first when you when you showed me that picture i was thinking well maybe you know those hogs got in and rooted up you know that stuff because that was you know i know that's something that you always got to be you know, concerned about when you're doing food plots and stuff, they get in there, root it up and tear everything up or either get in there and start munching on the stuff themselves. But, you know, like you said, those hogs that you got, the only thing they want is that apple flavored corn. So, and I mean, the ground, it was so smooth. It was almost like somebody went in there and just picked up every single plant. I mean, like when I say clean, like there's literally only dirt left in that picture that you showed me that that's amazing. Amazing. So the crazy thing is, I can only see what's coming up on the image of the camera. So uh, wife and I, we're going to ride out there Saturday to take a look. And if I get a chance, I'm going to take the picture. I'm going to see how the rest of it looks and see how far down that plot. Did you figure that's almost, that's 160 yards worth of plot, man, that he had planted that uh that want to make a seed out there. And that seed came up quick, and they came in just that quick and just took everything down. So I'll know on Saturday what it looks like, and I definitely I'll let you know. Now, is she gonna hunt with you um, Saturday? Y'all gonna sit together? Yeah, man, I don't know. I think we're supposed to go look at the house on Saturday. See, she can go look at the house. You go kill the hole. <laughs> That's that, yeah, I'm, in, I'm, in a in a good world. <laughs> I mean, come on, man, come come on, come on. I mean, we talking about we we talking about hogs. We talking about you know nice, decent sized boar hogs. Okay, we got you know you you got a swine problem. You got a swine flu problem. You need to go and take out the swine flu. You you got a swine flu problem. House can wait. You got a house. You got a nice house. Let just let let her go and and handle that. Cause didn't you tell me like she was supposed to go one Saturday, and y'all ended up going to like a a baby shower, or a bridal shower, or something. She was yeah. She was supposed to go. She was gonna go hunt, but then she went, you know, and did whatever. Yeah, I I, I was there too. I was at the, the baby shower, lighting off the. Uh, you know, everybody does these gender reveals now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm out there lighting off pink smoke bombs instead of sitting in the sand. Huh? <laughs> you know, come on, man. People, people getting creative <laughs> with these gender reveals too. I seen one where um they 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 had two balloons and they shot like um they shot a bow at it and to reveal to make the reveal or whatever. So. Oh, yeah, so, but I'm I'm out of that business. I'm yeah. I'm out of the baby making game. I'm done. Um, I got a teenager and a preteen, so yeah, uh, I'm done with that. But yeah, 
get Saturday, getting back to Saturday, let's get back to what's important. The swine it's flu. Important. You got swine <laughs> flu out there. You need to go handle that. The house ain't going nowhere. The swine flu, you got to take care of that. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you're a grown man. You do what you want. You know, I'm also a single person, so take my advice with a grain of salt. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe I can. Um, maybe I can get her out there to go pop it, man. But we'll see how that works that's out. That's I'm gonna bring it to her attention. Yeah, that's what. Sometimes you know you gotta you you know you women you know I don't know. Hey, baby, be, yeah, be careful. careful. <laughs> <laughs> You know, women this podcast. And they, I know, and I and and I appreciate it. I love my women hunters, um, and I love my women <laughs> listeners. Even if they don't hunt, they just like you know the podcast. And one of these days, I'm going to do a complete podcast on relationships based from the eye of a person that hunts. You know, I, I'm going to do that one day. But all I'm saying is, sometimes you know. You know, you, you don't have to be gentle. You just got to kind of like lay it down and just be like, look, now, this is what we got going on. This here is a priority. And then, you know, govern yourself accordingly. That's all yeah, I'm saying. I got, I, I got, and I got a prime candidate for you because she she still wants to talk to you. She said, I need to talk to Adam about women and his issue with these damn wedges. <laughs> 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 I mean, I don't know what there is to say. So the the clue everybody else in, I personally despise wedge heels. I think they are the absolute <laughs> ugliest type of shoe that a woman can wear. If you're going to wear heels, wear stilettos. I look at wedge heels as like training wheels. Um, they're like training wheel heels. They, I mean, they're <laughs> ugly. There's just, there's no redeeming quality. I mean, even if you put on a pair of cowboy boots, like I've seen women in cowboy boots, and I, and, you know, and, and that looks good. You know, that's attractive. You know, stilettos. I mean, even some kind of some flat. Um, you know, are fine, but the wedge heels, that ugh, they they gotta go. You gotta you gotta do better. And it's funny because. Anybody that I've ever brought this up to, like if I'm talking to other guys that may not even pay attention to that kind of thing and I bring it up, you know, they'll come back to me later and they'll be like, oh, my God, you were right. And even, you know, <laughs> chicks, like after I start, you know, talking to them or whatever and just kind of laying it out, they're like, yeah, I, I don't look at them the same way. Now it's like, cuz, you know it in your soul. They are ugly. <laughs> hey, but you know what? But I was telling her, I said, you know what? I said, yeah, Adam might be right about these uh, stilettos. She said, well, I tell you what. She said, you and Adam can go wear stilettos for five hours. And you tell me how your feet feel. Hey, man, you got to play. Hey, that that ain't on us. That's on <laughs> that's on them. I mean, all the time, I, you know, y'all, they say that, uh, you know, there's a price, you know, for beauty. That's what other women tell each other. And from a young age, that's what the older women tell the younger ones. There's a price for beauty. So, you know, like uh, like Ric Flair used to say, you know, you got to pay the price. So I, that's that's the only thing I can, I can say about that. Now, let me ask you this. So has the... Has the the plants have they started coming back up? Like, has it been raining in Columbia? Like, do you are you seeing any promise of them coming back up, or are you just are you not gonna know until you actually get out there? Yeah, I won't know until I get out there. We we literally getting no rain, and the rain we have gotten is like it's just in areas and spots around Columbia. So it can be rain here where I live at, but there's nothing going on down at the plot because I do a real time image. So okay, we're getting rain. I get there, it drives up. All outside, man. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, I get that in Georgia too. Like it'll rain at the house in Stone Mountain. It'll be a damn monsoon, and then I look, um, down in um in Warrington where my um uh, where my place is, and it'll be bone dry. Like it, hell, I can ride around Stone Mountain, and one side of Stone Mountain it'll be a monsoon, and then literally as soon as you cross the red light. The other side is dry, like it, the cloud hadn't moved, like it is stationary on one area. On one area, it's, it's funny how that works, but yeah, it. You know, the good thing about you know those seeds, though, like they're supposed to be, you know, like uh, heat tolerant, you know, drought drought tolerant, and be able to function without you know 
getting a lot of rain. So, I mean, that's a good thing about that. But obviously you want to get, you know, some rain in there to um, to energize that growth. I mean, hell, maybe one day we'll be able to pool our money together and we'll get a, a irrigation system. We'll have a big old food plot and then we'll mm-hmm. be able to irrigate that some bitch. Yeah. Hey. Well, I'll, like I'll see you on Saturday, man, because, you know, we um, – bowl season starts next Thursday, man. Ah, <sighs> uh, the great state of South Carolina. August 15th, both starts. Are you going? It depends on the weather, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Man, go on out there. You know, just something about out there, you know, sweating your butt off in the morning. It's 90 degrees. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, take. I'm. I'm telling you, take the morning. Said I was reading something the other day, where they were saying like in the South, a lot of hunters like to wait till the evening, um, to hunt. You know, like in the early months, like in September, early September and stuff. Because in Georgia, we start I think around like the 14th or something like that, um, of September. So we're almost like a month behind South Carolina. If um memory serves me correctly i think south carolina is the first season to open across the country um the longest season because i mean it's straight it's not even periods it starts you know august 15th and then it don't shut down till january 1 um, one yeah but i was reading something they were like you know a lot of hunters go in the evening for that evening sit you know because they try to catch the deer uh feeding you know on the way back to bed or whatever but some of the most productive hunts are in the mornings if you get up there i guess i almost take like a hog mentality to it and try to mm-hmm. catch them you know while it's cool and they're on their feet um the morning sits can prove to be uh successful as well as a matter of fact my uh doe that i killed last year was a morning sit in uh september so i'm just saying man you, you get out there a little bit early you know to get settled and then I mean, go for it. I mean, and then the thing too, what is it? it's bow season that starts on the fifteenth? I think gun season doesn't start to what September first or something like that. September first. Yeah, yeah. So go on out there with the bow, when you ain't got to worry about the Orange Army. Yeah, I might because you know what? Uh, that one buck I sent you—that's the first time I've ever seen a buck with a rack that big on my plot this early in the year. Yeah. So that means he's close. If that plot can sustain, that means he's probably close by. He he's been close by. Yeah. Well, see, the problem is here's the problem I have because I got that primary one where my stand is. Okay. Got my primary two where the blind is. I basically told my wife she can have the primary one. Okay. Where the stand is because she's not sitting on the ground. She'll tell you right now. I don't sit on the ground. I need to be elevated so I can see what's coming. <laughs> so now, if I get all these bucks coming in and I start looking, like, hey, man, wait a minute, I want to get that one. She'd be like, no, that's my stand. So now I'm about to try to get permission to use my own stand. See, again, <laughs> put your foot down. That's all I'm saying. Put your foot down. You know, it, you know it's, your, it's your lease. And her privilege. That's how you got to tell it to her. Tell, make sure you tell it just like that too now. And let me know how I that will, I'm making a note of that right now. <laughs> Don't listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. But, I, but the thing is, she said on getting one with a bow this year, man. Okay. So okay. The thing is, I don't, I don't perceive myself doing a lot of hunting this year because she's got her mind made up. And I'm be more spotter yeah. in the blind with her, you know, make sure everything's going. They say status quo. So I don't know how this is going to work out, man. Because I'm you, she ain't sitting on the blind by herself. That ain't going to happen. Right, right. You so, know, you, so I'll be in there with her. Right, trying to help her out and make sure everything goes uh, goes the way it's supposed to go. I mean, that, and, and that's great. I mean, on all, all jokes aside, I mean, honestly, the, the tag team and be able to – you know, to spend that time together, I mean, it's priceless. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting season, man. Cause South Carolina, they, they changed up a lot of stuff this year. Um, yeah. Texas, the, the, yeah. The, 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 uh, the, the, the sense or the deer sense, right? What is it? You can't use any, um, if you use any kind of deer urine, it has to be from a deer that you killed in South Carolina or something like that. Yeah. Um, basically the only thing they're telling you is synthetic products. Ah, uh, okay. You can use that to attract a lower deer. 
So supposedly there's a list coming out telling you what you can buy, uh, you know, what you can. Uh, waiting on the guy. He's actually going to send it to me because he said he saw it. Uh-huh. But basically, you know, they're, they're concerned about that, that chronic waste disease. Right. So supposedly they find out it's, it's coming from, you know, some of those attractants and lures that are being put out here on the market. So, you know, I understand, you know, whatever's best for, you know, the state, you know, in the hunting program. Right. You know, whatever DNR feels is best. You know, that's what we got to go with, man. So, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. I, I just, I'd like to see more, you know, the research and study. But the, the thing about research and study, it's just like numbers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can find anything that you, you know, you research and you find. You can always find a study or number or whatever to to combat that. So, that that's why, you know, it kind of puts you in a peculiar spot. But like you said, if that's, you know, what they laid down, then that's what you got to go with the thing that I always wonder about. And I kind of would like to see is if the stuff is illegal, then get it off the shelves. Like why even, you know, have it like on the shelf. Like, I mean, I've been in States where they have all kind of like attractants um, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, on those bottles, you know, to the manufacturer's credit, they always say, you know, check, you know, local, game laws or local you know regulations and stuff like that but i mean if it's illegal why is it even on the shelf like if it's illegal in that state why is it even on the shelf i mean that to me i think that's the next step i mean you got to get that stuff off and i'm pretty sure there's you know obviously there's money involved and you know people gonna yeah. do what they want to do and you know the the stores don't want to miss out on any sales and stuff but i don't know but it i'm with you it, it's going to make it interesting um, this season down there, just to see how how they go about with that too. Yeah, it's crazy in the DNR red. What you just said verbatim, it it basically said, just because it's on the shelf doesn't mean it's legal for you to possess it. Right. So if you get caught, then you'll be at the discretion of the DNR officer that stops you. <laughs> right. It, it's it's totally on you. You know. It, you can't say like, well, they sold it to me. I mean, it, it it's completely, you know, on you. So, yeah, I tell you, I, I can't wait though, man. I'm I'm starting to get a little excited. Um, I'm not as excited as I was the last couple of years because, like I said, the press was on me, so I was really eager to get out there and hunt. Yeah, you know, see what was going to happen. But this year, and I think because we had so much success last year, and I got so much meat in the freezer. It was like, I've really been kind of like, hey, whatever. Right. It gets here, it gets here. I'm ready to go, but not like I was before. So it's a difference when you actually go out there and you're productive and you get results. Now you got meat in the freezer. And this may sound crazy. One reason why I really wasn't pressed to get those hogs, because if I drop one, I have nowhere to put the meat. Right. Right. That's and that's, that's a, like for a hunter. That's a good problem, and, and that is an excellent problem to have, by the way. Yeah, I was like, I never thought I would be in a scenario where I really want to hunt because I got too much meat in two freezers. You know. Right. What I what I would like to see more of along that line is more of these shelters. I know they have different programs where you can, you know, like donate meat or they you know like they have like these you know fundraisers like game dinners and stuff to help like Mm -hmm. you know homeless and elderly and those in need but i would like to see you be able to once you process your meat and even if it's you know a situation where you know they can only accept meat from like a licensed processor or whatever i mean that's fine i mean i think in general you should just be able to donate it like to these shelters and stuff. And, you know, that way it doesn't go to waste or you can help somebody out, you know, in need. I mean, I know obviously as hunters, we, you know, have people that are family and friends and stuff like that, you know, we'll give meat to or, or whatever, but I'd like to be able to kill like a whole doe or a whole hog process it and get like all of that stuff back and just walk to a shelter and be like, here, you know, take it or whatever. But you, I think you can do it in some places, but a lot of the states they have very strict regulations on um, on donating like game meat and stuff like that. You know, yeah. just, just take it, you know, frozen, take it to the place in a box, whatever. And just be like, you know, here, feed these folks with it. So 
And that way you you don't have to worry about it going to waste and then you can get out there and and enjoy it even more because you're right. Once um you know, if you got like a freezer full, you start thinking about the practicality of it and you're like, "All right, well, you know, I'm good." You know, my thing is I like mm-hmm. to try to get a deer down early September, let, you know, rest a little bit. And then I can start, you know, goose season and duck season, which uh, living in Milwaukee, uh, being close to Illinois, it starts in October. So it's like you get your deer down in September, you're good. You get started on your waterfowl. And then once November hits, you switch back over to deer. And then that way you try to drop your buck. That's usually my goal. It's worked out in a couple years. It definitely didn't work out like that last year. So I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I'm pumped. Um, You know, I still got some work I need to do. And Honestly, I, I kind of want to try to find a place to, to travel to before, you know, things uh, heat up because I'd like to be able to kill another deer in another state um, before, you know, it really gets uh, heated up down in Georgia. But I don't know. We'll see. But I, I'm excited for the season. I, I'm ready for it to start. Yeah, I am, man. And I, th- I think I'm more excited to get to get my wife out there, you know, get everyone with the boat. But we got to start going to the range, man. That's one thing I've been slacking on. But uh, once the heat, you know, calms down a little bit, lunchtime I'm going to get out there and start getting some shots in. Maybe on the weekend after work, get her out, start getting some shots. And you get her zeroed in, you know, anywhere from 25 to 30 yards because that's probably going to be the furthest distance that we uh, will probably be shooting from, from that blind. So if I get her locked in at 20, 25 range, I think she'll be good. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and that's the thing that – um that I like too is because man, I sent uh my bow off to get some strings right after turkey season. And it took about because it was a custom string builder in Wisconsin. And I think it took about six weeks. And man, I'm just I was sitting there like, you know, somebody that was addicted to caffeine or like a hard drug or something, man. I I, I hated not being able <laughs> to shoot my bow and now that I got it back and I mean that thing is a tack driver and and it's dialed in you know like I like it and stuff I try to shoot every day it wasn't just you know going through different scenarios in my mind and stuff like that because I mean also shooting a bow for me it's relaxing so I try to shoot as much as I can you know all throughout the year but I I really wanted to put a broadhead through something before deer season just to kind of you know, get the get the rust off a little bit, so to speak. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll get a chance to to get out again if I don't get a chance to get back down there. Maybe you know, somewhere along the along the road uh, while I'm traveling for work, I'll get a chance to get out there and and lay something down. So we'll see. Hey, next time we got kind of two day hunt. Two days would have been successful. Would have been the second day. Would have been in there, man. Yeah, I I I really I think that too. <laughs> I think that too, but man, now we got a mutual friend that when we were out had, you know, been, he's kind of making the transition or already made the transition to not really eating meat. Not quite sure why mm-hmm. you want to do that, but whatever, um, <laughs> to each his own. No, I don't, like I said, I don't begrudge anybody for, you know, if they feel like they're making their life better. I don't begrudge them, but they did say, and I quote, the next meat I eat, I'm going to kill myself. Yes, he did. And Xavier, I know you listen to my podcast. <laughs> so I know you're going to hear this. And even if you are lagging behind on the episodes, I'm going to make sure to tag you when this episode comes out. So you hear this. Get off your carcass, go learn how to shoot, get dialed in, and get off your butt and get in the woods, man. What Have you talked to him yet? Has he, you know, been out to range or anything yet with you? No. I, I called the savior of the night to tell him how you put me. No. Okay, let me tell you what went down. So I called him. I said, hey, man, you know, I ran camera for, uh, for Adam the other day. He's like, you ain't camera. Adam, what, 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 are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, yeah, man. I made it sound like I knew what I was doing. You know? Right, right, right. So he was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call you back. I'm going to call you back. Of course, it was like a week ago. Uh-huh. And I'm saying like, okay, man, I thought you were going to call me back. But I'm thinking I may see him today. 
Okay. And when I do, I'm gonna put it on it, man. I'm like, what are you waiting on? Yeah. I, I got a brains for you to shoot. You know, I'll buy you rounds. Just let's do this. What are you What are you waiting on? Yeah, you gotta. So I'm you, a corner, man. I'm I was about to say you got. You got to put the screws to him because, and see, the thing about Xavier's like, he's all, he's ran camera for me, um, you know, for at work, like doing different sporting events. And then when I first, my first um, couple videos, he came out and shot for me. He was my photographer. He shot for me. Like, I, I'm always fond of his work. Um, and X is wonderful human being like I'm, i mean we've been really good friends over the years and stuff as a matter of fact i'm going to see him in a few weeks um at a sporting event that i'm doing in columbia um in a <laughs> few weeks coming up so I, i'm going to see him and matter of fact by the time i see him then deer season will have already started so not rifle season but deer season would have already started so I, i'm going to lean on him a little bit too um and and see what's going on but yeah you definitely got to put the screws in them because man we are trying to introduce someone else to this lifestyle. And I mean, he's had an introduction somewhat because like I said, he has shot for me on a couple of hunts or whatever. So he, you know, we've got him, I got him to stick his feet in the water, but we got to get some yeah. blood. We got to get some blood on his hands. So we, we're trying to introduce new people to the sport. We just need them to cooperate and come on in. Cooperate is the key word. I'm going to put the press on it, man. I'm like, come on, what are you waiting for? I got calls coming in I want to get rid of. You said you wanted the first meat you want to eat. It's going to be something that you take down. We got it right here. You know what they say <laughs> on a platter? They put it on a platter for you? I mean, it, 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 it basically, it is and it ain't. Because going back to our conversation at the start, you know, <laughs> it, there's nothing guaranteed. But, I mean, there is a high percentage. And the only way uh, that you can raise your percentage is to actually get your ass in the woods. You say you can't kill him from the couch, man. Right, or the bar from that man. <laughs> no, yeah, we got to kill him, little man. We got to get him early. You know, Xavier might be like, "What time?" Oh no, he some of the some of the crew calls we have. He 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 has no problem getting up now. Oh, we're good then. We're good. He already got his camo. Yep. He got somebody to run camo for him. We got a spot. We just gotta get him out there. Yep, that's all. Uh, that, that's that's all we gotta do. We we just gotta get him out there. So, like I said, uh, Xavier, uh, if you're not already listening, like I said, you will be tagged so you can hear this entire portion of the podcast where we basically are calling <laughs> you out to get your behind out there and go hunt something, whether it's a hog or deer or whatever. You gotta get out there. So we we're putting the screws to you. The challenge has been put forward. Exactly. And, and knowing Xavier like I know him, he ain't going to back down. So just let, let's get to it, pal. I know you're listening. Or at least, you, like I said, <laughs> I will tag you to make sure you are listening. I can't wait, man. Let's do this. Let's get this done. <laughs> so what's the next? So you're going to try to go Saturday. Um, you got any more work and stuff you got to do before the season opens? Or are you pretty much set? Well, we, we got a work day coming up. We got a few more stands. We got to go out there and check, you know, make sure everything's looking good. Uh, maybe trim a few more limbs and make sure everything's tightened up. But other than that, man, we're we're week out. We're week out from starting. Matter of fact, I think we may have a day after the season starts Thursday. I think we're going to go out the seventeenth one more time just to check some things because a lot of guys really don't get out bow hunt too early or bow hunt period. Right, but once rifle starts, oh yeah, they're gonna be out there. Yeah, the orange, yeah, the orange army. I like the fact that as bow hunters, they give us time before they turn that orange army loose on the woods because mm -hmm. that, it it becomes significantly harder once the orange brigade the orange brigade gets out there. Definitely, yeah. We are. Uh, I said, you know, we'll have too much coming up. I got uh, my man Ryan the Buddha. We got some things in the mix. That uh, we're trying to get playing coming up with a young man out of North Carolina, trying to get him on a hunt because he's never killed a hog before. And uh, you know, this is Ryan hit me out of the blue through Instagram. I was like, hey man, you know, would you be willing? I said, for well, kids? Oh, I said, heck yeah, man. The only best round with some of the kids, man. Right. You, gotta, you know, you got you got to keep them, you know, intrigued. Let them know that you know the older hunters out here, you know, are interested in what they're doing. Trying to introduce them into the sport. 
try to get him to understand some, some certain things. I said, yeah, I got no problem, man. So we're still working that. And I'm hoping, man, we, we got to try to figure out something, man, that then redeem ourselves. Yeah. We got to. Yeah, we we got a redemption tour going because that that is now two times that I have hunted in my home state and I've came up uh, with a big fat zero. Uh, matter of fact, with me and Xavier, the first time we got together, um, he was shooting for me. I went on a hunt um, down in Garnet, South Carolina, and uh, we came up short. And I'm actually thinking about going back to that place um, just because I want to wipe the zero off of the board like I want to you know one of my goals is to take a deer and a hog uh in South Carolina in my home state I mean it's something you know that's kind of you know personal for me and I've also applied for um started applying for points for gator tags in South Carolina um okay because I gotta I know a guy that has offered to take me out um if I can draw a tag but it's it's not an easy process uh but uh hopefully here in the next um, year or so, I think it takes about a, about a year, maybe two, um, to get enough pref- preference points. That's my long range goal: is to uh, to drag a gator out of South Carolina. Because it, it's funny because you really wouldn't think about it, but like in the PD area where I grew up at, and in those um, those swamps in the PD area, like I've seen pictures of guys that have taken some monsters out of them swamps, um, yeah. out okay. of PD River. So. That's long range, but you know, like like I said, hopefully this year I'll get a chance. I'm definitely gonna go, obviously deer hunting in Georgia, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely get together, and, and once you get everything you know situated, we'll try to scrap out of time and we can get together and do it again because I had a good time. Yeah, definitely. I, t- I tell you, man, uh, I got a buddy down there. Matter of fact, I'm gonna call him out too. He's one of your one of your buddies in Georgia, my buddy Corey Parker. I'm trying to get him on the hunt as well. I've been look. I gave him a bow, arrows, everything. Man. He has no excuse. And None. see, Zero. I think, and that's why we kind of. I think that's why we we instantly clicked because we're kind of the same vein. It's like, look, if you say you want to do it, you know, we'll put you in as good a position as possible. But after that, it's on you. And if you do, great. If you don't, then that's fine too because it ain't going to stop what I'm trying to do. So it's like you got the tools. Like we'll eliminate as many excuses as possible. But after that, man, that's on you. Hey, so he knows. So my buddy down there in Fairville, Georgia, the challenge has been set. Put it together. Let's do it. Man, y'all better get off y'all carcasses and try to do it. <laughs> Shoot. Man, Antonio, I appreciate it. I know you got work to do for the United States military, a.k.a. the Army. Thank you for your service, obviously. Thank you for helping me out um, on this podcast. And just remind folks where they can find the marshes. The marshes, man. We're at Hunting with the Marshes on Instagram. Come check us out. Uh, got a few new pictures out there, not doing too much crazy out there, but in a, in a few days here, or excuse me, in a few weeks here, now that I know how to run this GoPro, I'm going to try to make that page looking pretty good for you guys. So check us out at Hunting with the Marshes. Awesome, awesome. Antonio, I appreciate it. I know I'll be talking to you, man. Okay, man. All right. Once again, thank you to Antonio Marsh for swooping down, saving my ass providing me with a kick-ass podcast man i sure appreciate him and appreciate him being able to come down and record a podcast or come on i should say and record a podcast for me before i jump on out of here i gotta get some sleep because we got another long day of this podcast movement convention tomorrow where i'm going to be out here just networking and trying to get better trying to bring the bryant land country podcast to more people and make the bryant land country podcast better and bigger than it already is before i do all that before i go get my rest before i go you know out tomorrow i just want to remind you guys bryantlandcountry.com make sure you are checking out that website it has all of our podcasts all the archives for past podcasts we got videos we got the bryantland videos and stuff that we were doing before we started doing the podcast 
um, the uh, outdoor madness videos, the waterfowl warrior videos, and just other little interviews and videos that we put together. All of that is at bryantlandcountry.com. Also, make sure you pick up some Bryantland merch. We got the podcast t-shirts. We got the Hey Turkey t-shirts. We got the Boar Assassin t-shirts. All the Bryantland merch is right there. One-stop shopping. Watch the videos. Listen to the podcast. Buy merch. Bryantlandcountry.com. Make sure, again, I can't stress this enough. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. And most of all, Thank you for your support of the Bryantland brand. Thank you for your support of the Bryantland Country Podcast. I'm going to go and get out of here, get me some rest so I can get back, recharge my batteries, have a good time tomorrow. You guys make sure you come back next week for another episode of the Bryantland Country Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Bryantland Country Podcast, hosted by AB3. Please leave us a positive review and five-star rating on iTunes. Be sure to check out our podcast section on our website, bryantlandcountry.com, for previous podcasts. Check us out on Instagram at Official Bryantland and Twitter at 3 Bryantland. This has been an AB3 Media Production. Join us next time for another edition of the Bryantland Country Podcast.